This is Philosophy versus Improv, where two sages try to teach each other a thing or two, and maybe you, the audience, get something out of it as well. I'm Mark Lintemeyer, a philosophy superhero who longs to be saved from my ignorance of improvisational comedy. And I am Bill Arnett, an improv acolyte, comfortably curious about philosophy. And we are going to teach each other our things yet again. Yeah, and I think you get to start this time. We're going to kind of go... There's an official rule that says we don't just say what it is outright. It has to develop. It has to, but perhaps it will be exposed overtly at some point, (laughs) hopefully, so that it can reach the audience. Maybe there will be surprises. Who knows? I I don't. We're going to be, we're already improvising. We we established that weeks ago. So, uh, uh oh, uh oh, I may have a cat that wants out. Would you pardon me for a moment, please? In attempting to open the bedroom door to let them leave, I frightened them, and they ran under the bed. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they will try again. You, know, you try to tell the cats that I'm busy, you're busy, you know, and they don't listen so good. The cat probably is feeling pressure because if that was the only appearance of the cat, for sure it'll be edited out. But if the cat continues to make appearances, perhaps it'll become an integral part of the progression of the show. Because you build the show in the edit. And I think that's something people don't realize. A friend of mine who was a f- film producer told me that. that that's, you create the final product in the edit. Not right now. If this were a film. <laughs> if this were a film. Well, I, th- I think I agree with it. I agree with it as well. All right, Mark. I think we should dive in here. And here's my first question for you. This first statement, then question. I've enjoyed your improv these last few weeks. How do you feel about your improv? I feel like I'm mostly enjoying my improv. <laughs> Mm -hmm. but I also, there's a tight rope to walk. I don't have an objective enough assessment about it. I haven't gotten a lot of feedback. I played one of the scenes, I think from episode four in the car to my daughter, and she thought it it was pretty good. She wasn't laughing out loud, but so I don't know how to feel. I will make my feelings based entirely on the objective truth of the matter, and I just don't know where that lies. Well, that's fair. You know, we could be hurt by no one laughing, but then again, You know, if you write a book and no one reads it, did you write a book? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, let's dive in here. And, you know, I am super curious to see, have you start one of these things? What would you like to see in an improv scene? You want something loud and crazy? You want something slow and thoughtful? You want something super emotional? I think super emotional just plays to our strengths. (laughs) Don't undersell me or underestimate me. I am capable of getting real, getting real and going there. Okay, we can go there. We can get super emotional. You're getting the mode. Something's happening on your brow. But now the commentary is stopping. The acting is starting. No one will interrupt you or remove your focus from the intense emotions. Oh my God, that I'm witnessing here. Look, um, I want to talk to you, Gary. Uh, you know, mom's out of the house. She took, she took Dorothy with her. So it's just us guys here. Uh, we got a report from... From school that you have been popping bra straps, you know, and um, A, don't do that. But B, your mother asked that I have a chat with you about, well, you know, what that all means. Are you sure? Who, who, who told you this exactly? The principal called mom. Mom told me. I, you're 13. I get it. You might have an interest um, in certain things, curious about things, and... 
Look, when I was a kid, you could just go around popping bra straps and it just, it didn't mean anything, but today it means more. And, uh, and not that it didn't mean anything in the eighties, but it just meant, we're not talking about me right now. We're, we're talking about you. Um, do you know where babies come from? Well, not from you. Cause you're not my real dad. Granted. I am not your yeah, biological I, father. Yeah, no, I, I know all this stuff. They taught us in the school and on the streets. Everybody knows this stuff. We were talking about this stuff when I was eight. Well, I know you're talking about the physical act, but they tell you. I've seen the pictures. You know, we have the internet. I've, I'm all over this. You don't have to tell me anything. All right, that's fine. Let's bookmark the internet. That's going to be a whole other discussion. Just so you know, what you see on the internet is fake and meant to entertain and not educate. I know fake boobs from real boobs. I mean, it's not it's not that hard. They, they have the like a unnatural sort of shape at the bottom. All right. Granted, yes. Sometimes the nipples in a weird area. That's that's fair. But clothed, it's much more difficult. Look, the, the point we're, we're talking about here is that uh, we can't, you got to treat people with respect. You got to treat women with respect. Sex isn't a game. Women aren't toys. Women aren't objects. And uh, we just got to make sure we uh, respect those boundaries. Any questions? for me here. I don't know that you have a lot to teach me in this area. I mean, I appreciate you seem to be generally decent to mom. I don't know. I bet, I bet here's what they didn't teach you in health class. Here's what I bet they didn't teach in health class. Getting your heart broken sucks. You don't want your heart broken. Okay. And the second you start messing around physically, you know what happens? You form an attachment, you form an emotional attachment. All right. You can't help that. All right. You can't be romantic, sexy with somebody and not form an emotional attachment, all right? And that, it hurts if that pops or goes away, okay? It was just one bra, and it was just in passing, and I don't even like her. Well, okay, that's fine. But um, what I'm saying is, if you, as you go down this road, there may be someone you do like, okay? And you might see them talking with somebody else. Or you might hear a rumor that this person that you do like doesn't like you or doesn't like boys or the person you like is a boy and they don't like boys or do you see what I'm saying? Seems like there's uh, a lot of pitfalls. Is that what you're saying? Have you you had your heart broken? You want a toy or something? You want something that doesn't happen or like you, you invite your buddy over to spend the night and they don't show up. What, what are you doing here? What are you even? Have you had your heart broken? No. No. Okay. Well, then you don't know anything about sex. Okay. All right. That's, that's what I'm saying. All right. You don't know anything if you haven't had your heart broken. <laughs> what happened to you? What? You think it was just once? You think it was just once? Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. What? Hey, you, you're going to get your heart broken multiple times on multiple occasions. Okay. Just be ready. All right. It ain't easy. Watching TV and stuff has prepared me for all this stuff for years. Oh, really? Watching TV has prepared you. I've seen people just get hung up on dumb stuff. I don't really understand why. It's just so, so uncool. They just can't keep it together. And I don't know why. Just because you don't like it and think it's stupid doesn't mean it ain't going to happen. Okay. It's because it's going to happen. All that dumb, irrational stuff that you see in other people and drive you crazy. It's crazy. It's going to happen to you. You're, you're going to be the focus of it. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm going to get some, but it's not going to be a big deal. And then when I'm really old, maybe like some other stuff will happen. But 
I just imagine that I'll be kind of a, have figured stuff out a little more by then. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's simpler when you're my age and it's just not a big deal. Okay. Here's what you need to know. The second you quote unquote get some, you know what you're going to want? More, more, more. Yep. More. That's the first correct thing you've said. You're going to want more. All right. And it's going to eat away at you until you get more. So it sounds like you tried and you were so bad at it that they wouldn't give you more. (laughs) Oh, okay. And then you were rejected. Is that what happened? And that's why you feel a need to unload on me when I got it together. I know what's going on. (laughs) Unloading. (laughs) Unloading. I'm not unloading. I'm educating. All right. The reason I have had my heart broken on several occasions isn't because I struck out. Do you know why? You know how, do you know what, what the reason I got my heart broken? Cause I'm 51. That's why. <laughs> That's why <laughs> you can't escape it. It's going to happen. Yeah. I thought you were too old for mom too, but I guess she disagreed. You know, well, that's half your age plus seven. Okay. Your mother is a wonderful person. Uh, I'm happy that she accepted me. All right. But you know, she was not my first wife. You know that, right? What was your first wife? My first wife. My first wife was Sharon. We've talked about Sharon. How come I've never... You've met Sharon and I's children? Yeah, they suck. I mean, they're, they're so old. Yeah, they are old. Yeah, that's going to be you. You're looking into a, a mirror. When you look at Bob and Carol, you're looking into a mirror. That's going to be you. Why would you name your kids Bob and Carol? You were like that much a fan of the Brady Bunch? That did not occur to us. I divorced that woman. Let me just... Look, I'm, I could do the math. They were kids... There are other wheels turning here, okay? I still watch the Brady Bunch now. Okay. It's been around for generations. Surely your kids were aware of that. And people were like, oh, are you getting married? How could you do that to your kids? First of all, those are common names. Second of all, Robert and Carolyn are family names, okay? The fact that they coincidentally match up with the Brady Bunch is not yet. You're deflecting. You're deflecting. And that's what I expect from a 13-year-old, okay? Here's what I'm saying. Let's do this. I'm not going to strap bra straps anymore unless I get consent to snap a bra strap. Is that cool? It's yeah. I know bullying is, I already got talked to at school about this. I did not think it was going to come home. It seemed like it was, they're just making a big thing out of nothing. It was just a little bit grab assing and everybody does it. Well, it, it wasn't consensual. I'm presuming. I mean, get the pitch pipe ready if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Okay. No, I think the answer is no. Okay. Imagine this. I'm going to say you're probably getting some pubic hair. Is that true? In your groin, in your armpits? Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Because you're 13. It's happening, Yeah, right? I already know all about this stuff. We already have seen the, the film. Oh, my God. What if that hair appeared on the outside of your body? And what if every boy in school had to wear a little disc on their shirt that said how much pubic hair they have okay are you like totally stupid or something well when girls become women you see you see something you see two things you see well there you go yes we know we know about boobs and that is part of the whole what was playing do you want to hear what like this whole thing that got made out of nothing is i would love to hear the whole story i was talking to joey about how Tracy is getting boobs and he was like, nah. And I was like, yeah, she has a bra. 
And he was like, no, he doesn't have, she doesn't have bra. And so I w- just went over and I proved it. And Tracy had been really annoying for a long time, but she's generally cool with that kind of stuff anyway. And so it seemed like it was just not a big deal. It was just like a thing in social studies. And, but then she did like made a whole big thing out of it. And it was just stupid. I didn't mean anything by it. I don't like her. It was just like proving a fact. And it doesn't mean that you have to like be upset about it or whatever. Thank you for the info. Don't do it again. How about that? How about that? Don't do it again. Is that cool? Yeah, of course. Okay. Can we be done with this? If you do like somebody. I'm not going to tell you about it. That's fine. Oh, here's just a little advice. If you do like somebody and you think they like you because the conversation comes really easy and you're, you're enjoying yourself and you think they're enjoying themselves. Okay. ABC. Always be closing. All right. I think we've really grown together with this discussion. Thank you so much. Now your mom left us some pizza money. All right. As you know, I like extra thick crust, but I know everyone else thinks I'm a weirdo for it. So we'll get whatever you want. Is that cool? I think you need more veggies. Sorry. I guess it's true. You're really old and you're probably going to die soon and you really should eat better. Why don't you tell me about that as we watch a rated R movie? How about that? All right. Can we watch Barton Fink? Yeah. If you, if that's, I hear it's, when I said rated R movie, I thought you'd say something with some boobs in it, but Barton Fink is fine. Barton Fink is fine. That's great. It's fantastic. In fact, that's fantastic. I hear there's like a, I hear there's a head and it's like all bloody and gross or something. And there's like John Goodman and there's a head. All right, buddy. Good conversation. Let's both go to our respective corners and just kind of air ourselves out and we'll come back like this never happened. Cool. Whatever. And scene. All right, Mark. That was a long one. That was a long it one. It was. And you and you were displaying a lot of uh, good intentioned range. Your character and some vulnerable outreach. It was not. Yeah. Tell me how you thought that was in terms of conveying emotion, like what you were trying to do there. Well, what I was thinking is, and this is somewhat adjacent to what I'm going for, is while it was certainly probably humorous, and you're certainly a subject matter that we're all somewhat familiar with and can be very humorous, you know, in a sophomore kind of way, I enjoy things that happen in real life when you see them on stage and get to see them detached rather than having to be involved in them. You know, maybe that's what dark comedy is, this whole notion that something as terrible is happening to someone else and not you. <laughs> you are thankful that this awkward discussion is not one you're involved in. I enjoy those things. I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. I loved your story, by the way. I loved the level of detail in your story. That was fantastic. It was a, a tale for the ages. <laughs> it was specific. It made sense. It, it ticked all the boxes. If you want to say it didn't have a ripping guitar solo, that's fine. But it had a Aces rhythm section and had a good groove to it. So that's great. That'll play. Now, how did you feel about the appropriateness? You know, I was prepared to, this is going to be a, we're going to have some emotional depth here. But then it just seemed like the character solidified into, just because you said 13, there's not going to be emotional depth here. This is not Stand By Me. Stand By Me is one of the most unrealistic teen movies ever that these kids this is what I thought seeing it as someone pretty much the same age as they were when I, when I initially saw it with my father on a camping trip, I believe we went, went to a theater and I uh, love stand by me. I'm like, I love 
kids that age do not have those kind of conversations with each other that I have ever witnessed ever. Talking about uh, Mickey Mouse Club and talking about TV shows. They had a lot of those conversations. Yes, around the campfire, there was a conversation where things got a little real. But I enjoyed their other conversations. We can, we can discuss this some other time. I am a sucker for coming-of-age movies. I am a sucker for Stand By Me. I'm going to say it. Well, if it didn't get emotional, could it have gotten emotional? And I'm just, just as much to blame. Could this have been the day when one of us breaks down or one of us decides that something terrible has happened or that they're scared or that they're lost? or that Does that make sense? I mean, yes. If I had played it, come up with a better story or a more involved story, I just couldn't think like bra snapping in particular, why that would be a... I could, in retrospect, construct something, which is the way that you were going, that I thought this character would resist, that the bra snapping was not just a happenstance event, but is surely the result of, I have these feelings and I'm so confused by them. And thanks for being here for me because I'm so confused by these feelings that I'm feeling. And there's hairs that are poking out of me and I don't know where they came from. Maybe they came from... That's a little unreal. The pitch has to keep going up. I think that's the acting. That's acting. This is actually not the lesson for today, but that I had picked. But one lesson perhaps in the future is you can lead with the emotion and the explanation can come later. And in fact, we can even do a scene like that at some other point today. If we want to do a scene where I can lead with an emotion and have no idea why I feel that way. Emotions aren't illogical. They're unlogical. Well, let's do that. Let's do it right now. Right now? Okay. Say whatever you like. I'm just going to have a ridiculous emotional reaction to it. Why'd you move that chair? I don't want, I don't want, I said, not now, not today. Just not today. Okay. The chair was in the spot that I, I know with the chair. Okay. I moved it from the break room. I get it. I get it. This chair, we only have a few of these kind of chairs. It's the good kind of chair. I know. And they're supposed to be in the break room because I know people like to relax in the break room. And now it's out here in the hallway were you okay. going to like stand on this chair to do something? It's not, it's wobbly. It is what, I don't understand you whatsoever. I wasn't going to stand on the chair. What, well, what is the chair even out here for? Is that your part of your job requirement? Junior assistant manager. Is that what you do now? Ask why the chairs are in the break room. I keep track of all the stuff. The chair is in the hallway now. That's all you need to know. Does it say hallway chair on it? It doesn't say hallway chair. Does the break room chair, does the break room chair say break room chair? Implicitly. This chair is in the hallway now, okay? That's what you need to know. That's all that matters. I feel like you don't accept my authority. As assistant manager, I'm officially above you in the tree. All right, fine, fine, fine. And so if you're going to pull stuff like this and then talk back to me, then I'm going to have to take measures. I will move the chair back to the break room, and then I'll go back to the sales floor. Is that acceptable? Yeah, I've been looking at your the activity logs, and it seems like you're out here doing shenanigans. You're not on the phone as often as you're supposed to be. Look, I, your sales are down. I'm really not sure why you're even well, coming in here. What is... Because it's my job, and I want my job. You don't act like you want your job. You're acting like you're a, a crazy chair mover person. I still uh, don't even really understand what got this going in the first place. Is there something deeper that this is reflecting? It seems like this is not just about the chair. I want to take my breaks in the hallway, okay? I want to take my breaks in this hallway because it's quiet and because everyone else here annoy. Well, uh, uh, who, whom else? Huh? We'll start with Steve and then we'll start with everybody Those else. Goddamn okay? 
kippers that he makes in the microwave in there. Whatever that is, you know, that's, it's the, well, I mean, you can, I can smell them out here. I can, I guess I understand if you had just okay. led with that, then I would understand because the break room can get pretty foul, that fishy, fishy smell. And if you feel like you needed to do that somewhere else, I just, can you not move the furniture around? That's really all I'm asking. Okay, bro. Cool, bro. You can eat in your car. There's plenty of other options. Can I? Can I have my break out of the building? Of course. Boom. I'll move the chair back. That was easy. I didn't think you would let me leave the building. Great. Great. Solved. We resolved. I feel I'm like back uh, this is kind of a, uh, we've turned things around. I feel like you've. Uh, what? There's some kind of. Uh, I think I managed the situation very well. No, assistant, I don't. Assistant managed the situation very well. Maybe. Uh, yeah. You should, yeah. You yeah. Put it in your let blog. Let me know that. Okay. Put it in your blog. And communicate that because. You have these communication problems, and if you were just uh, properly appreciated when someone's managing a situation adequately, then maybe you would get some better uh, feedback on your next quarterly review. Okay, I'll bear that in mind. I've got eight more minutes on my break, and if you're cool, I'm going to be in my car. We good? Can you play some Skinner in there? All right. We good? Are we good? He never moved back the chair. God damn We it. good? And scene. Uh, scene. Awesome. I had no idea what was happening until we decided what was happening. Does that make sense? No idea why the chair was in the hallway. I didn't know what kind of business we were at. In my mind, as it was evolving, I thought we were in a Costco. And I was thinking, well, maybe I moved the chair so I could see the televisions and have my break in the hallway so I could see the TV display. But that's no more or less correct than any answer. And once it was in some kind of phone bank business. But the thing is, I could have that grouchy emotion without knowing why. As an actor, not know, the character knows why, but I don't know why yet. And taking that dive, taking that plunge is a cool thing to do. And I think it gives some, seems some texture and makes them interesting. And we can make discoveries. So what do you think is the relation of the emotion, you know, whether in a scene or, or even in just life, to the facts, what you're actually reacting to? It seems that there is a certain... You were just saying that drama demonstrates, at least improv demonstrates... They're in fact actually removed, just apparently removed. Is this a matter of something that's getting at the essence of what an emotion is, or is it just the fact that you can display the outward trappings and you don't know what has caused it? You don't always know what causes it. And I think we spend a lot of time as people playing junior psychologist and try to explain emotions and figure emotions out and what do they mean and da 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 da. We probably put too much value on all that. I said earlier, emotions aren't illogical, they're unlogical. And I think some people have a hang up where they always feel that emotions follow something happening, that we would not have emotions left to our just neutral state. Something must occur to elicit an emotion. And what that means in their improv is they can be very flat and neutral, waiting, waiting to emote, waiting for a moment when they can have emotion. And it's like, well, that's no, that's not true. We can start emotional. We can have emotions out of nowhere. We can do these things and not know why in our own minds what compelled our character to have that emotion in in the mind of the actor to not know why. But the character can certainly know. And I think that's a little bit true in life as well, that if we think too much about, well, this emotion happened clearly because this stimulus happened. It's like, well, I think we're probably doing ourselves a disservice. People are crazy animals and we got a whole half of our brain dedicated to emotion. And to say that that entire half of our brain is somehow a slave to the, the other half 
or somehow can't operate independently or can only be operate in such a way that it's explainable by the other half. I'm just, I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm not there. So how does this line up to the sort of Spock view of emotions that the irrational side of us, and then there is the rational side of us and sure they're forever fighting. What do you, how do you feel about that image? That might be true. I'm not fighting might be kind of strange. Look, people are super irrational. Anyway, healthy people are irrational. <laughs> Irrationality is how ad campaigns work. I mean, we're surrounded by people asking us to make irrational choices left, right, and center. We're right in the middle of the COVID crisis, and there's irrationality. <laughs> Gee whiz, you can't turn on the television with getting it off. So I think sometimes people think irrational is a bad word, or it means synonymous with stupid or synonymous with gullible. I don't necessarily think that's true. A and B, get used to it. it. ain't going anywhere. Tell me what you think for this from a performance perspective. I think to make sense of each other's behavior, we attribute, as you said, simplistic models of why they're doing something. Why is this person upset? You know, we come up with some reason. And even if we don't know the reason, like we assume there is some reason or else they're crazy. There is a cutoff in which you're not treating the person as a, as a rational agent anymore, as if they're just like a wild animal. They're off their meds. But it seems like, of course, there's not that sharp distinction between people whose behavior can be explained in a simple way, whether they're being rational or not, at least they're being predictable or not, right? Sure. All that, the giant asterisks on everything I just said is like, yeah, emotions that happen out of the blue and are directed at other people can be an issue. And there are certainly... Lots of therapists out there helping people understand and deal with their emotions in a constructive fashion. And they ain't going broke anytime soon. So uh, (laughs) I think there's certainly probably a range of, I hate to say reasonable emotions, but there's a range of emotional life and expression that we give each other to to experience and and allow each other to have for sure. Well, and certainly beliefs, the fact that we can have therapy it's not merely like we're corralling a wild animal. It is shot through with what makes something jealousy. It's not just a feeling angry. It's jealousy with a particular idea that my beloved is giving too much attention to someone else when I could just be clearly wrong about that. Your whole emotion could simply be a mistake. Sure. Based on faulty data or, or on stories you've been telling yourself, can we do a little experiment here? Do you have a piece of paper and a pencil handy or pen? I would like you to write an emotion on a piece of paper other than any ones that you have portrayed today. Could be angry, could be sad, could be melancholy, could be sentimental. I have written it. It is written. All right. The third thing I say in this scene will elicit that emotion. My third statement will elicit that emotion. Don't even feel like we have to drive towards that emotion. Just play the scene. Dumb. And the third thing I say, Friday night, I'm thinking we should get to do a board game night. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. I'm free. Yeah. We'll call Barry and Steve and uh, get it up. I'd love to do it at Barry's house if we can. Barry's house? Yeah. Jesus Christ, have you been to Barry's house? That's why I want to <laughs> do it there, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. He has got the fucking most awesome bathroom with that yeah that squirty thing oh my god i love it's using that thing it's just like the the bidet oh fuck i love that thing well okay calm down i just we just we just got to engineer it so he doesn't think we're inviting ourselves over all right 
That's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. Cool. All right. I won't wear the bidet time t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There we did. We'll, we'll pause it. But does that make sense? That made perfect sense. Yeah. We can run the tape back and be like, well, that wasn't weird or strange. Yet you intentionally took on an emotion semi-randomly, seemingly randomly, right? Yes. But it definitely made sense because that was a, a sweet bidet. <laughs> but again, all I'm saying is we can randomly toss around emotions as long as they are brought on by something, as long as they are induced by something and have it make sense in this improv context, in, in, these, in these improv scenes. And I can do the same thing. And the third thing you say is going to elicit emotion X. And I'm just going to robotically insert it and we'll make it work. We can make it work. All right. So should we say our matches? Let's try to explain. We're at our time here. Yes. So, I mean, I feel like your subtext has been pretty textual, but let me see if I can sum up that there is, I guess, just using emotion as a tool in a scene and that it can be a, just like that character in building in characters, building out characters, you can use an emotion like a character in that way that you can have it be rooted firmly in the premise that you come up with, or you can conversely just have the emotion and then figure out like what would make sense in the premise to be, you know, in what we're discovering to have actually elicited that. I think what you said is correct and and pretty cool and pretty fantastic. This idea that emotion is independent from story, perhaps, or, or not story, it's independent of circumstance and what's going on in an improv kind of way. It just, it exists on top and around things and certainly informs things and pushes it around, but we can just pop it out of nowhere. I was actually going for something that we started off on and we got on this really cool place and I had to kind of follow it. And that was this whole idea of what do you want your improv to look like? I kind of wanted to see, you know, and I think that emotional life and talking about dark humor quickly got, got subverted by this little dive into the, our emotional world. And I, I certainly enjoyed that dive. But that full disclosure is what I was going for. And this idea that the kind of improv you want could affect your play. All right. Well, that did not sink in <laughs> at all. I think we need a separate discussion of that. I, I would have thought that improv clearly won. But if, if, <laughs> if the thing that you were trying to teach did not resonate at all with me, then... Uh, not even close. You know, if I said you had anything going on, defining normal might have been something or, you know, how do we judge others' actions or others' existences? And is there a right or wrong or is there appropriate or inappropriate? You know, I just wanted to talk about emotions today and their relationship to rationality. It was kind of coincidental. I mean, I was steering it that way, but like you were definitely, whoever gave the initial cue, whether there was a coincidence or I said something that got you on that road. But yes, it was just the, the, <laughs> that traditional picture of the irrational and the rational sides at war is a bad one. Is it just a philosophically naive one? And that emotions are, in fact, shot through with beliefs. And you would have completely different emotions, potentially, if you had different beliefs. That, of course, leaves a lot of open questions of still, like, what is the relationship between them? Is it just because there are different beliefs involved? That doesn't mean the emotion itself couldn't still be a reaction to it. And the fact that you can just be in a bad mood with no, there is a definite independence, as we've been pointing out from circumstance, means that there is still some wild element at play. You're going to wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Yes, yes. I Plenty of times I, oh, what's wrong? What's going on today? You know, nothing is going on. It's just chemical. I just, you know, am depressed. And that's it's nothing you did. It's nothing you have to interrogate me about. I'm really not holding <laughs> anything back. 
it is merely maybe I should just go for a jog and eat something healthy and then I will stop feeling this way. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Well, that was still a lot of fun. Let's see what the judge bot has. Uh, the judge bot has uh, spit out this word. Word. Oh, we're all winners today. <laughs> we're all winners. I think this judge bot is kind of trying to suck up and like get us to, <laughs> to use it consistently. In fact, it's got three arrows. So I think the judge bot wants to be included as one of the winners. So sure. uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, it was funny. I was like, oh, well, I'm totally off topic. So maybe philosophy one. But then you're like, no, improv was all over the place in this episode. But then again, it was all over the places that you wanted it to be. So, wow, there's a lot of levels here. This is like the Matrix of, of <laughs> well, not the Matrix, what's the other one? The other movie with inside the dream, inside the dream. The Inception. Dream, dream, dream. Inception, yeah. You incepted, you incepted the improv to become emotional. Hmm. Hmm. Well, given that my character was anti-emotional and yours was merely fawning and trying to be a good stepdad, it was hard to, <laughs> it's not the prototypical. It's not someone is dying of cancer and the other, and, and confessing their uh, deepest secrets to the witness. That's melodrama. Who wants that? Who wants that? Not us. Not today. Maybe another day when we have a guest who's a real actor. Yeah, what the? They can go I'm there. Not saying that you couldn't do that. I'm just saying that I was not going to do that today. I don't want to do that. Back to my original point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I enjoyed learning from you, Mark. I enjoyed learning from you, Bill. And scene. Hope you enjoyed the show. Get more at philosophyimprov.com. If you want to support the show and not have to hear any more commercials and get our post-game segments where Bill and I and sometimes guests will elaborate on some things that came up in the episode, reflect on the future, and share our recommendations in the philosophy and comedy worlds, you can see options to do that at philosophyimprov.com slash support. Thanks. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.